0: Right here, right here, right here. Yeah. You want it? Yeah. As you can tell by the road noise, you can tell we're not in the office and we're not in our new studio. Um, We are on the road. I am i got clay with me we are actually driving south to florida uh we've got several trips to florida coming up but um we figured it would be a it's on an eight-hour drive so we figured it'd be a good opportunity to do a podcast since we're behind on podcasts and uh i was driving and clay's like well, what do you want to talk about and i was like well let you go through the notes and figure out what you want to talk about and you what'd you come up with
1: Uh, freelancing I figured it would be a good one because I have freelance and I have freelance for you so I figured we could take both sides of it and kind of put two and two together and come up with a podcast that was halfway decent yeah
0: well and I think freelancing you know for those of you listening that maybe have heard the term that don't know exactly what it is um, so you can be a freelancer in many different industries not just the outdoor industry you can be a freelance photographer videographer writer you know editor content creator you name it um there's all kinds of different uh genres of freelancing but what we're going to talk about specifically is going to be just freelance videographers or freelance uh producers um because that's what we have the most experience with i freelance edited a little bit but not near as much as i have um ran camera so what is what does that mean essentially you're you're your own business you're your own you know you're a kind of a one-man band and the way that you make money is traveling around with your gear most of the time some some shows and some companies provide equipment but for the most part you're going to have to have all your own equipment your own drone your own camera your own sticks your own batteries your own cards you're self-sufficient so literally if i have a television show or if i have a project i call you or contact you you show up you video what i need done um you work within the style of my show or my project or whatever it may be and then you hand me the um the raw footage at the end of the uh whatever the shoot is and you get paid for those services generally on a day rate um i get guys that are wanting to get into freelancing or getting asked to do some freelancing work they call me all the time and ask me what is a good day rate um day rates are based on experience and based on the the kind of equipment and the amount of equipment that you have and that you offer um, I've seen day rates as low as $100 a day, and I've seen day rates as high as $1,000 a day. It uh, it all depends. Um, we have not really a set day rate, but we kind of we we move the day rate around depending on the, the project and the client. Generally, it's based on how many days. Like if you give us a ton of days, the we're we're generally going to go down on the day rate because we ha- if we have a contracted amount of days if it's a one or two dayer, usually that's going to be more um just because, you know, it's not a steady stream of work. But, you know, all those things are all those things are pretty flexible, but I think Clay you wrote down several uh kind of subjects you want to talk about cuz I'm I'm driving, so I'm going to kind of let try and let Clay run with this the most I can.
1: Yeah, I I kind of wanted to talk about like how to market yourself as a freelancer Kind of like not build a brand specifically, but just kind of like let people know that you're out there freelancing. Um, Because it's not really as simple as getting a bunch of emails together and sending them out and saying, hey, I'm a freelancer. If you need me, hire me. Um, It's kind of more of the uh, like building the relationship type thing, um, which I know you're big on. And getting that person to where like when they're messaging you or emailing you or calling you to hire you that they feel like they've already know they already know you and they're not meeting you for the first time on that shoot, which I know is hard. But just interaction on social media, um, just contacting them, letting them know you're available if you need anything or like in today's age with social media. People are always tagging where they are and what they're doing while they're doing it. See someone making a post we're in such and such state always. It's always good to like kind of DM them. Hey guys, good luck. Just, just a reminder if y'all are ever in this part of the country. Need anything? I'm stones throw away kind of things like that. Um, and I just know with you specifically, I was always asking you questions and it always came up about where I lived and things like that. And, That's when you had me come over and help with basically the same shoot we're doing now, but a year ago, ago, so Ryder could stay in the office. Um, And then I actually did one before that, the summer before. Um, That was a complete disaster. (laughs) But um, I I think it's big to not, like, if someone feels like they don't know you, they automatically feel like they can't trust you and they don't want to hire you. Not because you're a bad person, but... Just because this stuff, the industry, the way the industry works and the way some people are, it's a big trust type thing. Oh, yeah. And um, like I said, obviously, you're not going to meet everybody that's wanting to hire freelancers. But if you can at least have enough interaction with them that they feel like they know you on some type of personal level, um, it definitely helps.
0: Well, and I kind of want to hit on a couple things you talked about. and I'll probably forget something. But first thing I want to talk about is social media. Social media is a great uh, tool for a freelancer to be able to get work, but it also can be the one thing that brings them down. Um, I have, I've used several freelancers in the past. I have, uh, when I was at Sub Seven, we used lots of freelancers, um, and it's more prevalent now. And I have one, one freelancer in particular that I that I'm thinking of that I would go back and look at his social media. Bef- you know after hunts or when he didn't have a whole lot going on. And his social media, to me, looked like somebody that I didn't want to have in camp. It looked like somebody that I wouldn't want around my clients just by how he acted, just by things he did on social media that were just very immature. Um, And that's, that's definitely something I'm taking into account before I let you show up and make my name look bad in front of a client because you know and i've told clay this and told Ryder this and they know this is you know this not only is this industry about relationships but it's about getting along with people and um making sure that they enjoy being around you in camp and i've talked about this a thousand times you know because if, if they don't enjoy you they don't have a good time with you if you don't do a good job then you uh you don't get hired back you don't get called back and that. You know, I did a couple trips with Ryer, and I kind of gave him, you know, we talked about this yesterday. I get did a couple trips with Ryer. I did a couple trips with Clay, and I let them, I didn't. I you know, well, you, you can say, but, like, how, how was that trip that first time you freelanced me? Like, did I stand over your shoulder and tell you every shot to get, or did I kind of let you do your thing?
1: Well, I'm going to use my first freelancing trip as this shoot that we're going on now, not the shoal bass with Jamie. Because, yeah. But, like, this one, it that was. That was a terrible,
0: that was a terrible <laughs> trip.
1: The, the hunt, just so everybody knows, it was a turkey and a hog hunt with Brian and Billy. So, two people, two cameras. The turkey hunt, they both hunted together. I was second angle. Caleb was, was A-cam, and he basically told me, all right, this is what I'm going to need off your camera. Get it. I'm like, okay. Whenever we were doing talking stuff between them two, he's like, hey, you be the master wide. I'll follow action. Or other than that, it was kind of like the, the sink or swim where I'm going to know if I did a good job or not because either the show's going to look like garbage because half of it was mine, um, or I'm not going to get a call back because I didn't do a good job. and Yeah. It was
0: – Well, and that's kind of – that's exactly how I treated Ryer the first time I ever, you know, had him too is, like, I kind of put the ball in his court to where it's like, okay, you know, because he showed interest in trying to work with me or he showed – not really working with me. He showed interest in wanting to grow and do more. And, uh, you know, whether that was go on to start his own stuff or whether that was – to work with bigger projects like he showed me that he taught you know because he asked me questions very similar to what you did asked me questions all the time and you know I've worked with and used other freelancers in the past other than you and Ryer and I gave them that same opportunity like okay look prove something to me and you guys are the two guys that work for me that's because you did prove something to me. You worked hard. You did all the things you're supposed to do. People enjoyed you being in camp, had great work ethic. I didn't have to hold your hand. Um, you were attentive. You went above and beyond. You did all those things right, whereas other people I've used in the past have not done that. They, they had that opportunity, and they did the same thing. They reached out to me, asked questions, did something. I gave them an opportunity, and I was not impressed with them at all. And that's the same thing with a, you know, if you're going to go film a client. You know, I use these people for Copeland Creative on client shoots or on content shoots, and then they're not going to get called back just because I wasn't impressed at all. Um, And there is a ton of guys out there that know how to run camera. And I say all the time you can teach a monkey how to run a camera, you can't teach a monkey how to be a good producer. Um, So. Essentially, that was the the social media. Then I wanted to talk about that. What was the other? There was one more thing. It was the first thing that you said. and I was like, I want to talk about this. And I don't remember what it was.
1: Uh, not branding yourself. Um, uh, well, to to grow a business, but that you want to be a freelancer. Yeah, so or?
0: I think it had something to do with more like, all right, how do you how do you go out and get work? Oh, you know, I think it was you know when I wanted to get work, I was lucky enough to have worked with a production company, had a lot of relationships. But if I wouldn't have had relationships, it was, which is also what I did, is you might have to work for free for a little while. You might have to just say, look, give me an opportunity. I'm not going to charge you a thing. I'm going to come on my own dime. I'm going to show up. I'll give you all the footage. You have all rights to it. Sign whatever you need to sign to give them that agreement. And do a trip with them. Prove something to them, just what we just talked about. Prove something to them that you can do it. And I guarantee you the next time they need somebody, you might have to work pretty cheap in the beginning, but you're going to gain the experience you're going to gain the relationships that you need to start making real money. It might take a year it took me two and a half years, three years, whatever it was
1: and that that's really where it started for me was I was on a photo shoot, and Baker was there, and the person I was photographing, I was asking like who Baker was, and they were like oh baker's this, and Baker's that, so what I went over. This? long time ago. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. And uh he was like I was like, "Hey man, I've uh, been hearing some stuff about you. This is my name, this is my contact, this is where I live. If you if you ever need anything, let me know cuz I was I was living in Daytona, kind of a unique area where it takes me a lot of money living in Daytona to get somewhere to freelance to whitetail hunt." Yeah. But I'm also in the part of the country that is a long drive from everybody else for turkey season. So, I was getting a lot of last-minute turkey trips that people needed someone or guides or and things like that. And um, I think Baker ended up messaging you saying that he knew someone down in Florida if you ever needed anything. And then you either messaged me on Instagram or— Is that
0: how we originally got connected? I don't even No, I was that. asking questions
1: because oh, I already? was listening to the podcast. Yeah. Oh, okay. But he's like, hey, just—you were like, hey, just got your— contact from Baker this and that and whatever so that's how that started Oh, but, I got you. Okay. Um
0: Old Baker the dot connector.
1: Yeah. Number 1 middleman in America. Yep. <laughs> Old Baker, got to love him. But um, uh go ahead. Some of the I just wanted to kind of go into the, some of the things that you should really be looking to do as a freelancer other than like being a good person, because I think those are kind of obvious. Well, you um, would think they'd be obvious, but well, yeah. they're not. But, because, like, kind of you like, if you're a, a true freelancer, and because we have some guys that we used on one particular show, and they free, they're technically freelancers, but they filmed the same thing every time for us. Because being a freelancer, it's kind of hard to get in a rhythm with somebody when you're first getting started out, because you might do 10 trips over a 12 month span, and all 10 of them might be with different people. So it's hard to get in a rhythm as far as what they want, what they like, how they operate, because um, that that was a big thing for me going in this this fall. Like I had never filmed other than Brian, I had never filmed anybody that we work with. So it was kind of like, all right, how do you like to operate? Because it's easier for me to operate around how you've been doing it for years versus you changing the way that you do things around how I, how I operate because yeah. it's a lot more important that they're comfortable in front of the camera versus you comfortable behind the camera, which sounds kind of sounds wrong, but um, it's easier as the, as the producer to fit into what, into what they like and going back to the rhythm thing, like watch some of their shows or their web shows and see what the style of their show is. Um and usually, the first time, the first thing I would I would ask is, all right, I've watched some of your shows, and this is usually once you've gotten the job, but um, you've watched some of their shows. Okay, the piece that I'm filming is it going into the TV series or the web show series or whatever, or is it a standalone piece? Because we do some stuff with a client who's basically told us we hire you because we want it to look different than what we already do. Like all the things you guys do for us are standalone pieces. Um, and I think that's kind of important because you need to be able to match what they want so there's continu- continuity between all their stuff. But also if they want something different, that gives you the, the chance to kind of flash your own little style and your creativity and, and do some things that are different yeah, there. and
0: you've got to view that as an opportunity. Right. You, know, you can't, that's, and that's a thing that I've noticed too with freelancers that have been doing the same gig for years and years. They get stuck in a rut and then they get an opportunity or they yearn for an opportunity to to change it up and they're they're kind of lost. They're having to relearn things just because they have done, done it the same way forever and ever or they've worked with the same person forever and ever. They get in a rut doing that and then they get another gig or that gig ends or whatever and they go work with somebody else and it's like they're a fish out of water. They don't know how to act because they've done it this way for so long and this show host does it completely different because i mean the show hosts that we work with all have differences and then you know they have some similarities but you know you have to in the beginning you almost have to tiptoe around people because you have to you have to get and figure out what kind of person they are what makes them tick what kind of relationship we're going to have with them like for the most part for the most of our clients i've worked with them for years like we're buddies you know we have a good time i can Talk to them just like I talk to my best friend. So it's, it's, uh, and that makes, that takes tension off of things. That makes things a lot easier. But if you're working with somebody brand new um, that may be a little more stiff or maybe is leery about you, it's, it's hard to, it's working with people. Everything goes back to how you deal with people um, and being adaptive. And there's gonna be things go wrong, there's gonna be bad days, there's gonna be bad hunts, and staying positive is so important because sometimes the client isn't positive and if you go down the negative trail with them it never ends it never ends well you have to stay positive even in the worst situations Um, especially if you don't know them you know it's that's a really really slippery slope is when everybody starts going to negative town with either a bad outfit or a bad hunt bad weather bad shot whatever it is i mean because all of those things are going to happen if you do this long enough so it's uh there's going to be bad trips all together there's going to be lost bags at the airport you know flat tires you know cold weather you name it man it's happened to me so it's but it's one of those things where you learn from those things and you grow um and hopefully you have And there's certain things that you'll do, and and this is, oh, man, I've heard some horror stories from people that, like, they get on a trip with a freelance camera guy and then they kill an animal and then the camera guy gets done filming and he just sits down. And that's it. He's done. He's done for the day. And when it comes time to packing out an elk or, you know, helping clean a deer or whatever the case may be, cleaning up camp, cooking, whatever, they don't, that's not their job. And that is absolutely the way that you don't get called back. If, I've, if I've, you're not willing to help with anything and everything, take out. I mean, with with Dudley, if you're not filming and editing, you find something to do. You know, you need to be working. You find something to do, um, and that's that's very important. We've done anything and everything from taking out trash to sweeping floors to cooking to guiding to scouting to whatever you name it. You got to do whatever you got to do.
1: Yeah, I've come fault to that a few times. That we kill something and. Someone needs to hold a leg to gut a deer or, you know, something like that, and here I am 45 minutes into cleaning this this buck or whatever, and we've got no footage of it because the hunter and me has gone in and, like, try to help and be useful.
0: Yeah. I mean, I can't tell you how many hunts that I've been on filming and then somebody else in camp kills, and we just drop what we're doing and go help them pack something out or go find a deer that they can't find or, I mean— You name it, man. You've got to be willing to do it. Even if you don't know what you're doing, you've got to be willing to help and willing to learn. Fake the funk. Yeah, for sure. Fake it till you make it. Act like you've been there before.
1: Yeah. The uh, the next thing I want to talk about is um, usually most of the time the people that are contacting you about doing the freelancing are other producers for the show or or things like that. And uh, if not, it's a good thing to... Like We just I just, we just got contacted for a shoot in uh, Texas that I did, um, and I had to get a hold of the editor just to ask as far as uh, workflow things, what picture profile he likes. Um, we filmed it in 30 frames a second because it was going to be for TV. Um, and just kind of because sometimes we, you'll get these jobs, and if you're a good enough editor, you'll be the one editing it. But if you aren't the one editing it, it's always good to get a hold of the editor or one of the other producers um, and ask them, like, hey, what camera settings do you want me in to make it easier for you guys on your end? Because if you're the second or third camera on a shoot and then they get all their stuff back and you are filming in 30 and they were in 24 or they're in S-Log and you're in, like, a standard picture profile or something like that, it, it, I don't want to say it makes you look bad. But it kind of does because you didn't ask, you didn't take the time well, to, to, to find that, those things out. Not only out. that,
0: if they've been using other freelancers and they used you one time, and you took that extra step to make sure it was easy on the editor. Yep. Well, next time they need a freelancer, the editor's gonna say, "Hey, call that guy because he did a good job and everything in his everything in his folder structure was organized. Like, I will. I'd rather edit his footage than that bull crap I've been sent. You know, getting getting sent and. It's the little things, man. You've got to be good at the little things. You don't have to be the best shooter. You don't have to be the best editor. You don't even have to be the the best best good friend in camp. But if you do all the little things right, I'm going to say this again. I know you all get tired of hearing it. If you answer your phone, you reply to emails, reply to texts, do what you say you're going to do, be organized, be on time, Do those things, I'm telling you, you are going to go far in whatever you do. It's literally that simple. You can be dumb as a brick as long as you do those things. You will have work. I don't care if it's running a camera. I don't care if it's editing. I don't care if it's digging ditches. If you do those things, you will be fine.
1: Yeah, I wanted to go back to the the marketing yourself thing real quick because I thought of something. It's kind of a slippery slope. Um, freelancing because you don't own anything that you do as soon as you hit record you don't own anything except your gear if you're using your gear Um, but it's also kind of hard to market yourself and show your work if everything you do someone else owns and you don't have rights to it Um, so once I got to camp it was always something I would do is I would pull the whoever I was filming aside and be like hey man like obviously I'm freelancing is there any way I can get one or two pictures, maybe three or four, that you guys approve beforehand that I can take, you know, just for social media and give y'all credit for them? But I don't want to like do this big shoot, not have one or two things to, to market myself with. Because as bad as it sounds, like if you say you freelance for a Kip Campbell, well, it's pre- says looks pretty good on your resume if you got to say you freelance for a Kip Campbell or a Greg Ritz or a Spy Point uh, web series. And if people don't know those things, um, they they don't know how well you can be trusted or if you've been used before or, or something like that. So that's one thing I've always done is, hey, do you mind if I take one or two pictures, you know, for myself and, and market them? And I always ask for permission to make sure that it was okay that I posted whatever I was going to post. Yeah, but, um,
0: well, and that's, that's important to, I, I mean, I would even take it a step further as to I would have some sort of, You know, and you also need a way to protect yourself in this business because there's a lot of freaking shysters that are fly-by-night television shows or web shows that will have you out there to film, send you home, and never pay you. Um, And it's not enough money for you to go fight in some sort of court system on a civil case. So I would even take it a step further to where, hey, look, you know, you have a simple agreement drawn up. You know, you can probably find one online that's like, hey, this is my day rate. You're responsible for expenses, Um, you know, I'm going to be gone from this day to this day. You know, can you sign here? You know, we have contracts with all of our major clients. So it's, it's, it's a really important thing for you to do. Um, and, you know, put that in your contract, you know, say, Hey, I want to be able to use, um, select clips or pictures for my promotion with your approval. And that's really important. You know, I've had yet again, people that have, I've hired to do freelance work that use clips and footage and pictures that they are not supposed to have or use and they surely didn't get permission for them. That is not a good look. Um, that is something that is like, like, you know, I don't know who said it, me or you, but the trust thing in this business is immense because if you don't have, if the client doesn't trust you, with their footage you definitely aren't getting called back because you know i've got footage of just about every person i've ever filmed that wouldn't be good for them if it saw the light of day whether it's embarrassing or whether it's who knows but they also know that that will never ever see the light of day because if that does one time we never get called back you know so that's very very important um, unless
1: you're Brock and you trip over yeah, friends, that's going to be posted everywhere yeah, multiple sure. times. But. That's just because we love Brock. <laughs>
0: but, you know, there's, I mean, you know, people go to use the bathroom in the woods and they leave their mic on. It's really funny to us when we're editing, but we're not going to post that kind of stuff. And, you know, but they have enough trust in us to know those things. But it's it's really important that, first of all, you protect yourself, that you're going to get paid if you're getting paid, if you're not doing it for free. And then, um, but if you are doing it for free, you still need to have some sort of agreement that says, hey, I'm doing this for free, but I'm also using it to build a resume for myself. You know, what kind of access can I have to footage with permission granted on things? Like you were to put together a, a reel for yourself and you wanted to use clips from their shoot, you know, obviously they need to be able to give you permission. You know, every year we put our reel together, we send it to all of our clients before we send it out and make sure they say it's okay because we don't want to show something that, um, because we have in our agreement that we can use things for our reel, and, uh, but we still give them approval. Uh, we send it to them and we say yay or nay, you know, and we usually never get a nay, but it's still one of those things like it's a, that, that's their footage. We don't own that.
1: And um, most most of the time your bigger stickler clients are going to be those TV clients because I mean, that, sh- that shoot or that hunt or whatever, that's not going to be edited for another eight months. Well and, so, well,
0: and you have to remember, especially on the TV side, these clients have a ton of money wrapped up in that footage. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're talking shows like Greg Ritz and Lee and Tiffany and Bone Collector, I mean, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars wrapped up in the hunts and the production and the travel and the people and the gear and the planning and the logistics and the tags I mean it's a ton of money and this is a business for them and you're essentially you're playing with their livelihood Uh, and if you just view it as hey this is something cool to put on my social media you're looking at it completely wrong because that is not the way you should view this you should view this as look I'm literally holding their baby on my hard drives that they've paid a lot of money time and effort blood sweat tears for and I need to respect that. And if you can't if you can't view it that way, if you view it as I'm only gonna go on this trip for free so I can get some pictures with Kip Campbell, then you are not the person to be freelancing nor will I ever call you again. Because that is not the person that is the last person I want to send on a trip.
1: Yeah, that's where I was going. It sounds better coming from yeah, you, though. Sorry, <laughs> I just I started going down a rabbit hole there, and I was like, I probably should <laughs> shut
0: up before I get too fired up about it. Because, you know, we used to call them germs when I was at Sub Seven. We'd just call them. It's the people that go to the ATA show and the Shot Show that have a you know that want to start a web series to idolize these people. Which don't get me wrong, like I used to really enjoy watching them. I never really idolized anybody. Like, oh, we crap. I'd love to be this guy. But I watched the shows, but I watched it for the production because I always wanted to do it, you know. But there's got guys that want to be Kip Campbell, they want to be Lee Lukowski, they want
1: Michael Waddell, they want
0: to be Michael Waddell. And okay, there are definitely worse people to be for sure. <laughs> but it's one of those things to where the only reason they would want to take a freelance gig is so they could be in camp with Lee and Tiffany, or they could be in camp with Kip, or they could be in camp with Michael, and. They All they'd want to do is take a bunch of selfies with them in the tree stand and make sure their buddies at home knew that they were in the tree stand with so-and-so. And that is, we called that a germ. And that is not somebody, like we always used to get told, like, don't be a germ. Because we'd go to camps with, you know, in the hunting world, the highest profile of people. Now we're in hunting camp with the highest profile of people outside the hunting world, the Joe Rogans and the Jockos. And, like, that's that's a whole nother level of... You know, keeping your stuff together of like, look, you're here to do a job, you're here to work, and you are here to also respect the people that are here, that are, you know, in in the case of Jocko and and Joe and people like that, they're not there to film. They're there to have a good time. They're there because they enjoy hunting and being with their friends, and we have to respect that to not get in their space. Um, And that is extremely hard to do as much as I would love to sit and talk with, you know, Joe about every podcast he's ever done or Jocko about his military career, you know, and we do have an opportunity to do that, but it's also within a reason. And it's one of those things to where we, we have to be conscious of people's time because I mean, and in, in in, in, as we as we want clients and people to be conscious of our time it's a, it, it's a two-way street um but the personalities and working with people man that makes or break so many people in this business that think they can hack it but you know i, I mean i was one of those guys when i first got into this i thought this uh, which it is a dream job i'm not gonna s- sit there and you know say it's not but you know in the beginning when we first got started man i was so eager And about six months in, I'm like, holy crap, this is so much more than I thought it was. And when I say more, I mean like more work, more time, more energy, more planning. Um, It's a freaking job. There are some days that I'm like, I can't believe I'm getting paid for this in a good way. And there are some days I'm like, they better be paying me for this because this sucks. Um, I have that happen often. Both of those things happen. Twice this week. Yeah, twice this week. So. It's one of those things to where, you know, it's it's a double-edged sword for sure. Would I do anything else? No. But at the same time, don't try and get into freelancing because you think you're going to get to go hang out and camp with Michael Waddell. That is not the reason to get into freelancing. Um, is there a lack of good freelancers in the world? Absolutely. Is there a lack of good ed- you know freelance editors in the world? Absolutely. So if you're one of those people that says, okay, how do I get into this and start making money? My advice is start working for free. Prove to me that you can do it. If you called me at Copeland Creative and said, Look, I'm a great editor, and I want to prove to you I'm a good editor. Send me something, and I'll prove to you. You're getting a hard drive sent to you. I guarantee it. And if it comes back to me, and it's good, you're going to get work for me. But those things, that doesn't happen because people think that their time is worth something I fil- when they have no experience.
1: I filmed for, I think, 57 days before I ever got a check.
0: Yeah. Well, it, it's, it's one of those things to where I worked for, you know, right at three years for free and uh, never got paid. A, it, it spent my lost money because I was driving all over the freaking creation filming whoever I'd go after. Would I have loved to gotten paid? Yes, was I worthy of being paid? Absolutely not. I didn't know what I was doing. I had no credentials. I had virtually no experience except what I'd created on my own. And I wasn't, you know, if somebody had paid me. I would have felt I would have felt awkward cuz I was like, well, I, I mean, I'm not worthy of being paid right now."
1: I but was if, I was charging $200 a day and felt bad for that cuz I wasn't even worth that.
0: Yeah, so it's one of those things to where if you if you called me and said, "Hey, look, I'm, I'm an editor that's trying to learn or I'm a proficient editor that is looking for an opportunity for work um, and I want to prove to you. That's how I got half of my clients when I left sub seven to go out on my own. I freaking just cold called people and was like, hey, look, I, you know, here's my resume, here's shows that I've done, send me some product and let me prove to you that I can do a good job. They sent me some product, I did what I said I was going to do And I'm still working with the majority of those people to this day and and getting paid to do it. Is that going to work every time? No, it's not. People are going to take advantage of you.
1: Well, when you met Dudley for the first time, you were there filming somebody else, Mm -hmm. editing something for them. And Dudley had Sharon Dropbox you something, and you edited it for him there in camp. And that's how that started. And
0: that was – I didn't charge him for that. But that that relationship and that – whatever it's been, that was 2017, so – Started working like getting paid in January of 2018, so I mean, what is that? Three years? Yep. Three years I've been gotten work for literally being in camp with somebody had downtime, and I was like, hey, what do you need done? I'll do it for you. I didn't. I wasn't worried about getting paid for that. Like I had somebody, I can't remember where I was. They said that uh, they were in camp and they were shooting, and somebody asked them, hey, can you uh, can you put a little you know quick edit together for Instagram? You know, because in the middle of the day you're not doing anything. They're like, no, that's extra. You're gonna to have to pay me extra to do that. I'm like, what? Like, dude, they paid for your time. You are theirs for the day. And I tell my clients, I like, look, if you want me to edit, it's gonna be on a laptop on the road. It's gonna take me a lot longer to do it. But if you, that's what you want me to do, that's what I'll do. You know. But it, it usually it doesn't make financial sense for us to be editing on the road. But if you want me to put you something together in the middle of the day in a heartbeat. I couldn't believe that that was the the guy's mm. mantra. It's like, "Yeah, if you want me to edit, I'm going to charge you extra for that." I'm like, "Dude, guess who's not getting called back? You." But I was there working for somebody else downtime in the middle of the day. Dudley wanted to shoot his bow, went and took some pictures. He loved the pictures. It was a bow release, wasn't it? Uh it was the RX1 bow release, yeah. He took some pictures. Call and an uh-oh, got an accident ahead. Um yeah, he I did some pictures. He loved the pictures he said hey do you edit and i'm like yeah i edit and he's like how quick can you put together a hunt and i'm like you got the you got the footage he's like i can have it here in 10 minutes and i said i was like if it's not a ton of footage you know hour or two he's like really i'm like yeah sends me the footage sat down he's over my shoulder i cut it and whatever it was hour or two in the middle of the day he's like that's pretty freaking good for the footage that you had i'm like Well, I was like, you know, it's not perfect, but, you know, there's not a ton here to work with. So, because it's Dudley, so, you know. (laughs) But um, he's like, can you, like, export that and put it on my YouTube? I'm like, give me the login. Gave me the login, uploaded it, done. Never charged him a dime for it. But that got me, I don't even know. I'd have to go back and look, but it's made me a significant amount of money over the last three years. Yeah. Just from taking an hour out of my day. Um, And – and that not what I say that, not even the money I've made from Dudley. It's the people that we've made money because of that Knowing knew Dudley. that we worked with Dudley. Yeah, that are like, hey, you know, Dud, who should we call for this? He's like, call Caleb. You know, rent guns and gear, Brock, Black Rifle. All those came because of Dudley. You know, mm-hmm. and that's like you can't put a price tag on that. Um, but it, it's you know Rambo. I got Rambo just because I told him to send me. A, I was like, hey. You guys send me a bike, and I'll give you three videos and images for nothing. And I'm sure they had done that with other people who just flat-out lied to them and took the bike. Never got a bike, yep. They sent me that. I turned their, their, their videos around, and I've been doing their video content ever since. It, it's, it's, it's not rocket science. If you tell somebody you're going to do something, you do it. Yep. Simple as that, and do a good job.
1: The last thing you had was freelancing versus working for a production company. Oh yeah, you so you only got 19 minutes though till we're there. So
0: oh yeah, well that's I shouldn't talk 19 minutes about that. Surely to God. Um, well, what's your take on it? You know, you've done both roles.
1: Um, as far as my bank account, it's a lot less stressful lan- uh working for a production company, and getting direct deposit than it is trying to figure out where my next paycheck's well, coming that's, from. Well, that's
0: that's and that's exactly what I was gonna say. It's like, look, I've I've done both. I've actually done all three coins. So. I worked and got a salary when I was at Sub7. It was it was a lot of work, but there was no, you know, virtually no stress on me other than figuring out how to, you know, shoot this next shoot, which is very little stress compared to what I have now. And then it was the freelance thing was when I left Sub7 and I was just freelancing for that year, it's like okay, I have nothing on the schedule this month. How and and, and luckily for me, I knew how to edit and that was what really kept me if i would have just done freelance filming that year i'd have been screwed i didn't have you know really any you know filming trips it was Mm -hmm. mostly editing that year um so i would have I we would have i'd have lost everything you know if i would have just relied on the people that i knew for filming because like i said finding you know finding people to run cameras way easier than finding somebody to had it finding somebody that can edit so um but, yeah, and now owning my business, you know, the third point of it is the stress level is way higher. Do I make more money? Yes. But there's a very good opportunity at any given day. A client says, we're not doing this anymore, and I have you and Ryer, myself, my business, my office. Your kids. My kids, freelancers. That I'm, I, I, Something's got to go you know it's like that's the stress that i carry every day so you know and in in, i think the perfect example of this would be my dad so my dad used to um own a construction company pretty decent sized construction company back in the glory days before obama and um you know made tons of money for a little while where right there when the, right before the housing market crashed and uh and when the housing market crashed, his his business went down with it because you know it was directly tied to the housing crisis. Um, you know, and he now works as a sales guy for uh, a packaging supply company. And I talked to him about it not too long ago. I was like, Dad, which one do you uh, which one do you would you rather have? Would you still like to have your business, or are you happy where you're at? And he said, At this point in my life, which he's got grandkids now, and both his kids are grown. He's like, I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't own a business again right now. He said, the stress of, you know, making money and, and staying on top of technology and all those things, he's like, didn't, I, I just, I don't think I could do it at my age. He's like, but if I look back on it, all the stress, all the time I was away, he said, and now how little I have to, like, I virtually have no stress. I make pretty good money. He's like, I don't feel like I have to work real hard to get it. He said, "I just." He said, I, "I used to think the only way in life was to own your own business." He's like, "I don't know if that's the case anymore. I think it's got everything to do with your personality." Yeah. You know, I was always a guy that wanted more. You know, but when you want more, you have to risk more. Um, it, it, it's a it, double-edged sword again. It's like it's a feast or famine type thing. You know, some months some months for Copeland Creative are wonderful. Some months not so good. You know, so it's I don't know. I don't know what the best answer is, but I know as a freelancer doing your own thing, you know, right off the bat, it's going to be really tough. The it was
1: it was easier for me to get into a rhythm here than it was freelancing because freelancing. I mean, I could go three months without doing anything because oh, yeah. um, not I not the I wasn't only doing. I was actually doing very little hunting stuff when I was freelancing. Um, that's really the only freelancing I did was the hunting stuff. So I was doing very little of it on a consistent basis just because, like I said, where I lived and stuff. But here, like, getting in a rhythm a lot easier, staying up on things, it's a lot easier when the work's consistent here than it was when I was freelancing hunting stuff.
0: Yeah, and 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 that's and it's, it's nice to have that. It's nice to work with a team. That's what I miss the most when I was freelancing is having a team of people that I could – Work together with, bounce ideas off of, show them my work. Like, what's this look like to use? Is this great? Does it suck? You know, what's it missing? What part of this edit needs fixing? You know, how'd I do running camera? What would you have liked to see? Well, when you're by yourself, you generally don't get that feedback unless you have a really good show with a really good editor who takes the time to give you that feedback. Um, which, in the case of you know, if our freelancers ask me for my opinion, I would I would give it to them whether they liked it or not. So you've got to be ready to take constructive constructive criticism as well. But um, the the stress level is going to be higher. The potential to make I mean, if you're a great freelancer, you've got great equipment, you can make some serious money. But you are going to burn the roads down if you're if you if you're Uh, day rate is $500 a day, which a really good freelancer makes about $500 a day with great experience, great equipment. You don't have to hold their hand. You know you're going to get a good product every time you send them out and they're going to be great in camp. That guy can ask for $500 a day. You have to to make $100,000. You've got to be gone for 200 days. Think about that. You've got to be gone 200 days a year busting it every day of 200 days that is a bunch of early mornings that's a bunch of late nights
1: i don't even think there's 200 days worth of hunting season you'd have to be doing everything
0: turkeys deer bow fishing summer scouting exotics. food plots exotics africa i mean you've got to burn it down the only guy i've ever known that could do that many consistently was Stephen Bullware. um Boulware used to make really good money but but that's that's net that's not i mean that's gross that's not net you know you're obviously going to have expenses in there that you're not going to have covered and things like that your equipment and all that but i mean you gotta you gotta put that in perspective and if but if you're also one of those guys like me in the beginning that i didn't care if i made a ton of money i just wanted to hunt i just wanted to do this um if that's your if that's your um your mindset to where look i just want to um do this i don't care if i make a ton of money i just want to do a good job and work with cool people and do cool stuff that freelancing can absolutely be your gig you know you'll make about as much money as your buddies do that work as linemen but you're going to get to see some beautiful people or i mean not beautiful people (laughs) beautiful places you're going to get to hunt some of the best ground in the country you're going to get to experience things in the woods that you wouldn't get to otherwise. And and I've talked about this with, you know, you and Ryder. Like, you can't put a price on that.
1: Oh, I tell people all the time, like, oh, dude, it must be hard, like, n- not getting to kill stuff. I was like, listen, I get to go on all these trips. It don't cost me anything. I'm being paid to be there. I get to go on the hunt. I get to meet the people. I get to watch the animal die. I get to touch the animal and have the pic- take the pictures, always see the pictures. I now I'm not getting any of the meat to eat, but I don't have to pay for the taxidermy. Mm-hmm. I don't have to pay for the processing. I don't have to pay to get that animal back. I mean, I'm literally doing I'm killing it with the camera versus with the weapon, which yeah. is a little different. But I mean,
0: oh man, if I had the mounts of every animal that oh. I filmed, I'd, I'd have to freaking build a gymnasium to put them on. I'd in. have a,
1: I'd have eleven just since January. Yeah, or, or twelve. So it's,
0: it's like it's, you know, you come to my house and there's a couple mounts on the wall, but it's like man, I, and then that would be actually be a pretty cool project because I don't have a picture of every one of them, but to do like a five-by-seven of every animal you filmed and like see you how could much do room that fo-
1: You can do in that photo book idea I just or, did.
0: Or you know what? That might not be a bad idea for when we finish the studio. Like just down mm. the wall of every animal we filmed. Yeah. That would be cool as crap, yeah. actually. I don't even know. If they have make to enough photo paper. I would paper. Have to dig in the archives <laughs> to find them all, though.
1: You would, you would have to just start... At a date. Okay, I'm going to start at this date yeah. this year and just go forward. Well, and
0: then you see them and, like, see the scale of how many we've done. And then people would be like, what are all these? But That's all the ones we've filmed. It's like, Or quality what? of photo from then to now. Yeah, and it's like, really? It's like, yeah. You know, that, that would, would be actually cool. be a cool freaking deal. I've never thought about that because yeah. I always try and remember to take a cool, you know, recovery picture. And mm-hmm. I don't always remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but,
1: you know, Th- that's why I just did that photo book idea. I did a photo book of some of the coolest pictures that I that I liked um, from each trip that I did since I started here. And I, I kind
0: of hate we said that on the ca- on, on air. I don't want to give somebody yeah. else that idea.
1: And there's like so don't if you heard that just don't listen. There's only like four trophy shots on there. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I, I think it's cool because it does kind of help you remember what you did, especially when you do as many days as we do. Yeah. So. Well,
0: that's me. Like somebody yeah. asked me. A while back like, you know what's you know where's this one from where's that from and i'm like eh, that's from illinois or missouri i can't remember <laughs>
1: <laughs> what year sometime yeah. between yeah. 2013 and now <laughs> yeah,
0: 14 and 17 somewhere in that that range yeah like well now now i look at it as like whether i was at sub seven or i was that was sub seven days i don't remember what date that was yeah you know, and now it's like, okay, that one's 17 plus. So, I was like, eh, narrow it down. Did I kill my, did I go to Africa that year? If I went to Africa that year, it was 17. If it was a year I didn't make any money, it was 18. I'd do it off of <laughs> what camera was
1: I running on that hunt. Yeah, that, that's well, yeah, that's cool yeah. yeah.
0: I base it off of like, yeah, like 18, yeah, I made no money. At 18 <laughs> was Ryder there. That was 19. 19. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of how I narrow it down now. Because, dude, you just, you go so much and you just, they run together. Yeah, like I was thinking the other day, I hadn't driven anywhere in a while, and I got my new truck, and this is the first, like, long road trip on it. And I was thinking, I was like, man, I just don't feel like I've been anywhere. And then I think back, I was like, no, I've, I've been a lot of places.
1: <laughs> well, are we going to get pulled over uh, for, hope, for really for podcasting yeah, while not. we're driving? Oh, that's
0: the Georgia Sheriff Community Service. Get out of here with that. Yeah. All right, well, I think that's – we're going to wrap it up with that. We're literally about to pull into uh, – well, we say camp. It's really Billy's house. So – um no, I think that was a good one. We went yeah. talked almost an hour. Yeah. So if you didn't get something from that, then uh, you need to find a new podcast. Sorry about it. <laughs> All right. Peace. See ya.